That Esports Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of That Esports Podcast. I'm Golden Boy, and it is a pleasure to have you here with me today. We're coming at you from New York City. You're going to hear the trains. You're going to hear the sights and the sounds. It's nothing I could do about that. It's the difficulties of recording a podcast in New York City, but we'll try and keep it to a minimum. That being said, I do want to talk about why I decided to do this podcast, because I've had the fortune of working across so many different games in the industry, and I really feel like I just have a unique point of view. I love esports. I love just video games in general. It's been a big part of my life ever since I was a kid. And one of the reasons why I've been able to do what I've done all these years, which is going across all these different games and talking about them at a high level or, you know, or at least attempting to low is because I have that passion. It's because I care about these communities and I just genuinely love a lot of video games. And that may seem a little shocking to a lot of folks and I don't blame them. Because it is. It is a little weird. Uh, You would oftentimes find hosts, commentators, talents that are really focused on just one game. But for me, I've always challenged myself to try and learn and think outside of the box. And that's why I decided that now, in this year of 2020, it is a good time to launch a podcast that is really focused on all the different aspects of esports. I put out a tweet, actually, a little while ago that said, screw it, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to make an esports podcast that covers anything and everything. And I don't really care if people are annoyed by that. I just wanted to do something that I had confidence in. And this is something that I truly, truly do believe in. So I thank you for listening if you made it this far. And hopefully the show is good enough for you that you keep coming back for more. And we're going to talk to some of the great minds in esports and I'm excited because in this first episode, we're actually going to talk to the New York Subliners star player Attach, who will be joining me in a little bit. We're also going to be talking about the updates that came for Apex Legends, as well as what's been going on with a lot of the format changes across so many different games. And that's also where I wanted to start this series, because while I am exploring this idea of engaging in a format that a lot of people may not feel all that okay with, you know, diving into so many different games and talking about all these different esports, I think that we're starting to see in the industry that people are more or less wanting to to experiment and try new things out or go back to the things that worked, but bring together new concepts to make it fresh and new. And that kind of leads me into formats and Call of Duty, most importantly. The one format that I think I'm probably the most excited for this year is bringing the old and marrying it with the new. As many people know, Call of Duty League is a city-based franchise league that sees teams like the New York Subliners, the Atlanta Fays, the Los Angeles Optic, the Chicago Huntsman, Dallas Empire, so on and so forth, just like we've seen with the Overwatch League, but they're doing it for Call of Duty. And at the start, we thought that we were going to get a very similar format to the Overwatch League. And why wouldn't we? Because Overwatch League proved that it does, in fact, work. But for Call of Duty... It's a different type of experience. It's a different type of game. And that is why the CDL announced that they're going to be changing the format to a more tournament-based format where every weekend, eight teams are going to be competing against each other 
in a tournament bracket to determine who is that weekend's winner. It is something new. It is something different. And dare I say, I think it is something that can transcend across a lot of different games because it is so different. Even in discussing Battle Royales, I personally feel like the Apex Legends format that has been presented by EA is one of the best Battle Royale formats out there. You have essentially, and to kind of break it down for you, you play until you get X amount of points, let's say it's 50, and then at that point, you and your team members are on match point. If you win the game, the competition, the tournament is over. You are the champion. But if you don't win and let's say someone else gets match point, well, now you have two teams that are in match point and you're essentially always going to guarantee that the winner will be the one that ends the game as the champion. So you get that moment, you get that pop off, you get that feeling of instant gratification. And I'm not saying that the, what PUBG does or what Fortnite does is wrong. No, because it works for those games. But I just really like what Apex Legends is doing with their format. I think that that leads us to what we're going to start to see more in 2020 is these leagues taking risks. PUBG announced that they're changing their format around. The days of the NPL are over and we're going to be looking at a more circuit-based system. We're also looking at League of Legends tackling the Monday Nights format of WWE, Monday Night Football, Monday Night Raw with Monday Night League. And yes, that is traditional. Don't get me wrong. Going after the ever-elusive Monday Night spot, it is in fact very traditional. But to do it with a game like League of Legends, I think, well, honestly, there is no better way, in my opinion, to really tackle Monday nights than with a game that has continuously impressed throughout the test of time, <laughs> you know, because most games don't have life cycles like that. But yet League of Legends, now so more than ever, is just massive. And how awesome is that? And there's just so much to be excited for for esports this year. And that's why I decided to make this podcast it's because there's there's so much to talk about and there's so many great games that are out there. And we're not just going to be limited to the games that I mentioned. We're actually going to go above and beyond because if anyone knows me, you know that I'm not a League of Legends guy. You know that I don't know all that much about what's going on in Riot's ecosystem. But hey, I'm going to do my best to learn. And if it's something I don't understand, I'm going to bring in the experts to talk about those subjects. But we're not just going to limit ourselves to PC games or console games. We're going to talk about what's going on in mobile gaming as well. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a huge mobile gamer. I play Call of Duty Mobile like daily. And Brawl Stars is one of my favorite mobile games. So why don't we talk about what's going on in the world of competitive Brawl Stars or PUBG Mobile or Clash Royale? Because there's so much out there. It's almost as if there's a flavor of ice cream for everyone. And if there's one thing that I love more than esports, it's ice cream. So that's why we decided to do this thing. And I'm really pumped for it. And we're going to dive into all the craziness that's going on each and every week. We're going to talk to the experts. We're going to talk to the folks that are on the floor, on the ground level, getting involved at the grassroots of esports, but also at the highest level, talking to those that are making the decisions that are going to change the industry forever. But most important above all, we're going to talk to the players and get their thoughts about what is coming for esports. And that's why I'm excited for this podcast. And I hope you are as well. But without further ado, let's get into the news. 
Firstly, we're going to jump into the world of Rainbow Six because Pro League has been underway for a few weeks now and TSM will continue to reign supreme at the top of North America. Team Empire currently has a 10-mat differential in the EU, but G2 Esports is at second after their victory over Force, which was a rematch from the Raleigh Major. Shout out to Pengu. Wait. Uh, I mean, Fabian, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, obviously. Now, FaZe Clan and INTZ are literally neck and neck in LAT-AM, and it won't be until January 22nd where we get to see those two teams face off against each other, and anything can happen from here to there, but Rainbow Six never fails to disappoint with the excitement. If you want to tune into the Rainbow Six Pro League, which airs on Twitch, go to twitch.tv slash rainbow six. That's rainbow with the number six, or you can look for it on the Twitch search bar. And I really suggest checking that out because there's always some good games going on there and some great casters as well. And now we shift our attention to League of Legends. And I know some of you may be thinking to yourself, Golden Boy, you don't know anything about League of Legends. How can you talk about this thing? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've been doing my homework, Poppy. Okay, and I've been studying it because I'm excited about the 2020 season. And the thing that I want to talk about is the ESPN 2020 Power Rankings. Because they listed the LPL's Fun Plus Phoenix as the number one team to look out for. G2 Esports from LEC as number two. And World never give up as number three and what i find interesting about all this noticeably absent from that entire list which i'll be sure to link to you guys in the description of the podcast was the lcs teams you hate to see it happen folks uh it it was it was a little it was a little rough without a doubt here's the thing lcs obviously has been struggling is this the year where the lcs starts to to really punch above their weight class i don't know I'm not I'm not qualified enough to be able to give that kind of analysis, but I would love to see that happen. Uh, if you look on that list all the way down at the bottom at number 12, not even in the top 10, was Team Liquid. Some notable additions, though, were LEC's Fnatic at number 7. You also had Invictus Gaming uh, at number 8. And the reason why Invictus Gaming is interesting is because they started off the season quite nice as they defeated the LPL powerhouse Fun Plus Phoenix and starting the season off 1-0. and Let's actually play the final moments of that game. Here comes for the Ford God. The Ram doesn't land, but Khan draws in the Nethergrass. He has the ultimate soon, but it might not be enough. Lay-in sends in the ulti, destroys him, and FBX last member is down. Invictus Gaming take it all the way to the Nexus. They take down the 2019 World Champions in the first series of the Spring 2020 split. The LEC will kick off on January 24th with G2, the 2019 World Champion runner-up against Mad Lions. And the Mad Lions will be making their LEC debut under the new brand with top laner Arome and mid laner Humanoid being the only holdovers from that old Splice organization. May the snake forever rest in peace. And as I mentioned in the monologue before, Riot will take on the likes of WWE and the NFL for Monday Night Supremacy because they announced on January 7th that fans can expect to see Monday Night League. Riot was very adamant, by the way, in their press release that they are the number three sport in the world. So it's a logical step to tackle the ever lucrative Monday Night Draw. What this means for the landscape of Monday nights and Monday night entertainment, I think, is very interesting. If there's one thing that WWE has mentioned in the past is that their competition is not other wrestling companies. It's other, basically, entertainment companies vying for their attention. And perhaps, well, perhaps 
Riot Games feels the same way, that they're done fighting all the different video games that are out there, and they want to take on the big dogs. Or maybe in this case, the big dog, Roman Reigns. Ooh, ah. I'm kidding, actually. He's on SmackDown. That's on Friday nights. But we'll talk about that, like, probably in another show or never. As mentioned previously, Call of Duty has announced a new format for their league that will have an emphasis on the old school and marry it with the new school because each week will feature a tournament style event rather than regular season play as was previously announced. And the Call of Duty League will kick off its inaugural season on January 24th in Minnesota as the Rocker will host the CDL launch weekend. And for more on all things CDL, make sure you stick around because I did get an opportunity to talk to New York Subliner's very own Attach to get his thoughts on the overall format, the CDL season, the travel schedule, and what he thinks about a lot of the community members talking about God squads being formed in the CDL. And another game that I'm sure you didn't think would be mentioned here because it's not official official yet is Apex Legends. The game received a major update ahead of the Grand Soiree event that could have massive implications for competitive Apex. Most notably, a tournament mode has been added to the game that, and I quote, is limited to approved partners and allows them to arrange private player matches, record live footage via game client spectators, and view match results. Our goal here is to provide great tools for tournament organizers for setting up teams and matches at events and a better spectating experience for the fans. This obviously excites me as a commentator for Apex Legends because, and I'm being very honest here, it is difficult to commentate the game currently without an appropriate spectator mode like you would see in PUBG or even Fortnite. It really makes it hard to be able to hone in on the stories. And what I had to go through in order for me to mentally paint this 3D image of in my head of what was going on was probably one of the most exhausting things I ever did. But if you are curious about how I managed to do that, you can check out the Apex Legends X Games Invitational and a deeper look into their format Look at the Poland Invitational that happened last year where you saw how the new Apex format is going to come into play and why I think it is one of the more exciting formats, as I had mentioned in my monologue previously. But there are some other changes that come with Apex Legends' new update, and to go through all that, I have invited my good friend Dreadnought to speak with me about all the changes that we're starting to see at the pro level for Apex Legends. All right, so I'm joined here now by Dreadnought, and uh, Dreadnought, you and I have had the pleasure of casting Apex Legends together a few times now, uh, but you you know, are always up to speed on what's going on with the latest on Apex Legends, and the reason why I wanted to bring you in here is because you always know what's going on at that pro level, and there have been some pretty drastic changes that have come to the game. It is come and gone, but now here we are, another update for the Grand Soiree event, and one of the biggest changes is that Gibraltar has a new passive that allows him to revive teammates faster while inside of his dome shield. That is crazy. Yeah, it is. It's definitely going to make him more a part of the conversation that he was already kind of spreading, like spudding into. Around the world, we saw Gibraltar becoming more relevant, a part of the meta. Once we saw his dome get the benefits over healing, so now being able to res on top of that, I think is only going to further his benefits because at least on World's Edge right now, uh, he's a huge advantage uh, when it comes to dealing with some of the bottlenecks and choke areas of the map. That's crazy. Uh, but it's also, 
kind of interesting considering where the conversation with Gibraltar was at the beginning of Apex Legends release. I remember uh, me and my buddy ZP would run around when we were playing Apex and we would call him just uh, Big Chungus because he was just this big dude that was getting shot up all over the place. And now he's at that pro level of competition, uh, which is which is kind of nuts. We've also seen some changes to Wraith. Uh, they removed the bonus move speed into the Void and Dimensional Rift at the same time. Wraith will now move at their combined movement speed when they're both activated. And they've increased the cooldown for Into the Void from 25 seconds to 35 seconds. Really trying to mess up all, all of us weebs out there that really yeah. like Wraith. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's going to make an impact uh, for sure. The one thing the one thing for me is I always, already felt like we had seen quite a few nurse into Wraith enough to justify her maybe not being as popular, but it does feel like the avoiding of uh, damage just through the Into the Void at the clutches of moments still translates as a must-have for most people uh, at the competitive level to where I, I want to look at this and go, this is going to set her back miles, but I feel like I've already made that statement and I didn't as much as I... Had felt, and I think that until we see changes to really focus only on her ability to avoid, especially ring damage in the later stages, I think she'll be a relevant part of the conversation, but clearly less forgiving now than she's ever been. And then the other adjustment came from crypto, right? Because the uh, drone and EMP have seen some improvements, the surveillance drone has increased, uh, which I didn't understand this from one to 30. I didn't understand that so it, it was before it was it was just one tick of damage would be able to rid of it correct so you could just yeah. throw anything at it and get rid of it i'm assuming that this either means 30 bullets or 30 hp total which i'm gonna guess is 30 hp total meaning that you know you have a p2020 you're gonna take a couple of shots to be able to rid of this thing rather than just looking at it and it dies yeah and and then the other thing too is that the emp no longer aff affects friendly traps and deployables and the EMP no longer slows down friendly. So you can pop an EMP mid-fight. Do you think that that puts crypto now in the conversation for a lot of uh, teams? Granted, you're going to lose that body uh, in, in the action when you go into a, a team fight engagement. But you're still going to be able to neutralize pretty much everyone with the EMP. How do you feel about that change? I think that it is going to be really good for your solo queue experience. And if you like crypto, you should be feeling good but at the pro level i leave this at a unlikely to make any amount of changes crypto's biggest problems are on that lack of body you were highlighting before and the le like the lack of being able to coordinate and he doesn't gain enough information through his drone or through the setup of those fights to justify him as a pick right now and i don't think these changes put him quite there but i do think this is absolutely a step in the right direction right so yeah uh, if you're a crypto fan you should definitely like these changes yeah i i think i'm gonna give crypto a few goes uh when i jump into world's end for sure because i i'm curious i'm really curious about you know how this is how this is gonna just have a positive impact for players as you mentioned right for those of us who do like to play the character but what what can be uh added to him and then Finally, uh, one thing that was also highlighted, I did talk about it previously, but I do want to get your thoughts on this. A tournament mode has been added to the game. Uh, this was particularly interesting, partly because they mentioned via game client spectators, which you and I <laughs> have experienced as a caster uh, that it is rough. It can be really challenging to commentate Apex. Somehow we managed to make do with it at X Games and also uh, you managed to make do with it at Poland. We did it. Uh, for ESPN as well, uh, but we we may be seeing uh, game client spectators. That'd be sick. Yeah. 
It's going to be super awesome. Uh, I mean, I, I think that there's nothing but praise for this change, right? I think it's something that you and I have wanted. I think everybody at the community side has wanted to be able to see it come into play. So uh, nothing but praise for it. The only, uh, you know, minor thing that I would say towards it is I would have liked to see it be, I think it's a limited amount of access to where it's not universal. Yeah. But still, you know, if this is the only pace at which these things can happen, I understand that. And that makes sense to be like, okay, approve people and then to the masses. Uh, you know, because this development of that kind of stuff is very, very difficult. But oh, yeah. it is awesome to be able to get, uh, especially the spectator side of things. Um, as you were highlighting before, it's been very challenging to approach uh, learning to commentate uh, for Apex. And I feel like this from a storytelling standpoint and, and a viewership standpoint is going to increase the viewability of this game by a long shot. Yeah, yeah. And finally, we do know about the Apex Global series that has been announced. And I know we're talking more in focus on the game here, but now that I have you, I figured I'd ask you your just general thoughts on the future of Apex Esports, because I'm excited. I think the Apex Global Series is is going to be awesome. I think that there's a lot of potential there. I firmly, in my heart of hearts, believe, I mentioned this a few times already in the show, that the format of the winner-take-all, once you hit that match point, is such a cool idea. It's very different in comparison to all the other Battle Royale Esports out there. Do you feel, are you as excited about competitive Apex in 2020 as I am, or you know, should I slow my roll a little bit? I mean, I, I definitely think that I'm very, very excited, right? I think this is going to be the first real year where we get to see it take flight, right? Uh, but on that metaphor, I think it's important to focus on the it is taking flight. I am absolutely looking forward to it. But I do think that a lot hinges on these major changes towards setting this up over 2020, right? And will like probably negate a lot of the how long do we see uh, apex legends stick around but that being said i think they've been innovative enough through the choices we've seen so far that they may be able to you know truly glide and soar amongst the best uh so i definitely think there is potential but i would leave it at i think it's a very crucial year in 2020 for apex all right well dreadnought thank you so much for your time my friend always a pleasure to talk to you looking forward to the next time you and i get to commentate together and uh, let's see what happens with Apex Legends in the future. Yeah, thank you very much, man. And looking forward to it. Thank you once again to Dreadnought for joining me to talk about what's going on with Apex Legends. But now it's time to shift focus to our featured interview. And this is going to be with Attach from the New York Subliners. Now, a lot of you may have known Attach for the many seasons that he's played for FaZe Clan or even last when he managed to play for Evil Geniuses. Attach has had quite the storied career in esports and you know, I remember him coming up when I was pretty much on my exit from competitive Call of Duty as a commentator, but I was always impressed with how he carried himself, not only as a player, but just as a person in general. And that's why, for me, it was very important to get someone like him on the first episode of That Eat Sports podcast, because I genuinely believe that he is a great representative for the league, but most importantly, a great representative for New York esports. He's very passionate about playing in this city. He's very passionate about these fans. Uh, but also, I think that this opens up a great opportunity for the Call of Duty League to really begin to dive into the personalities of these players. We're going to start to see more pieces created, kind of like what we saw with the Chicago Huntsman that just came out. We're going to see them tackle these subjects and talk about really the topics that the fans, that people genuinely want to know about. It is going to be a long road. 
for the Call of Duty League. And it all starts with the 2020 season, which is going to be right around the corner as the CDL launch weekend will start in Minnesota on January 24th. Now, as these rosters were being put together, a lot of fans were speculating on what would be the strongest roster to emerge from this. And while initial scrim results have shown the Dallas Empire and the Chicago Huntsman to continue to be forces to be reckoned with, Going into the launch of the CDL, one has to wonder how the New York subliners are going to fare. Are they going to be a team that rises to the occasion and really manages to turn a lot of heads? Or will they follow in the footsteps of so many New York sports teams in the past and struggle to make it to the finish line? Personally speaking, and as a New Yorker, I have faith in this squad. And maybe that's a little bit of the bias in me as a New Yorker. Uh, but the reason why I have faith in this team is because of who's leading this squad. Not only is it attached, but you also have Revan or Coach Bobble now, who is probably one of the most renowned faces in competitive Call of Duty. He was a commentator. I casted along with him many times in the past, but he's also proven to be a great coach, leading Evil Geniuses as that head coach and doing a damn good job in the process. One has to wonder how he can bring this team around for the CDL launch weekend. So now I'd like to welcome our guest for the first episode of that esports podcast, Attach. All right, so now I'm joined by the one and only Attach. Attach, you play for the New York Subliners. You are here in my home in New York City. How's the move been to New York so far? It's been incredible so far, and thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. You got to show me the ropes in New York. Like You got to show me all the good food, all the good views. But so far from what I've seen, I've been loving it so far. That's good. Uh, the city, the culture, everything about it, I'm really enjoying it. That's good. Uh, hopefully, people haven't taken you to like Sabaro for pizza because if they no. have, that's a problem. No, 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 not yet. Not yeah. yet. I've not been there. I've been to a couple local joints. Uh, they were really good, but not Sabaro yet. Yeah, yeah that's an, that, you don't want to go to Sabaro. That's the whole point is you want to okay. avoid so that. Sabaro sponsorships off the table. Is that what you're saying? Basically. Uh, okay. I'm <laughs> Jokes aside, though, uh, all right. Let's 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 talk about um, some of the some of the stuff that's going on with the subliners. Because in a recent interview, uh, Rohit actually uh, talked about how the subliners, you know, represents the city, but it's a team that is built from the ground up to be a movement that challenges the status quo. Now, I know a lot of these players on this team personally. Uh, they're they're a bunch of scrappy players on this team, guys who are just trying to, you know, I guess plant their flag. Uh, in the Call of Duty League. And yeah. I wanted to ask about the chemistry and how's that been for you guys? And more importantly, how have the scrims been as of late? And do you feel like this roster lives up to that challenge of the status quo? So the scrims have been going really well. Ever since we started practicing in the office in New York, uh, we've kind of just leveled up. And I think it's because when you're all together in one room, we have our five players, then we have our coach, Bobble, our analyst, JP, and then our player manager, Adam. I just think when you're all there in person, it's a lot easier to improve. We go, Bobble will pull up a mistake and immediately we'll find out what caused the mistake and how to improve, how to not do that mistake again. And I just feel like our game has improved immensely after a week of being in the offices. So that has been a, just a huge help in our team's development coming up or leading up to Minnesota. And then uh, touching on the chemistry part, I feel like our team's just a group of brothers because we definitely argue from time to time. I mean, the, the arguments are usually about 
like in-game stuff and everyone when people do get frustrated uh it's it makes sense because it's like about a playing game that we should have already known and not made this mistake so we do have our arguments from time to time but it's nothing too serious and it's strictly in-game and whenever we're not scrimming and practicing we're always hanging out still watching streams getting food doing whatever it may be so it also just feels like a group of brothers yeah no, I, I, that makes sense. Uh, coming from a person that competed, and uh, you know, you're you're being surrounded by minds like you know, like the likes of Revan or Coach Bobble that have been in that uh, scenario before. It's all about the camaraderie. You're gonna argue. You're gonna have disagreements. You're gonna have you know some back and forth, and that's a completely normal part of a team. And I think that this is an interesting year for uh, competitive Call of Duty. Most importantly, because we are basically seeing something we've never seen before uh teams that were not put together you know entirely by people who were just hitting each other up in the dms trying to make a team you know these are actual uh companies getting involved creating structure creating all sorts of opportunities for these players and you actually came uh from an organization that you know it has has its fair share of fun fun bits about it the phase organization uh yeah and now they have a team in Atlanta, uh, which I think shocked a lot of people. Did you know that ATL phase was happening? Uh, and would your decision to join New York happen either way, whether or not ATL phase was a thing or not? Uh, initially, I didn't know what phase was doing because uh, and during, in the middle of Black Ops 4, that's when I went to Evil Geniuses. And I kind of was just in the loop with EG, with Towie. And uh, my team over there, I wasn't really talking to FaZe as much because I wasn't a starting player for them anymore. I was playing for another team. And then after the season, uh, after I had teamed with Accuracy, Apathy, JCap, and Exotic, I kind of realized that I wanted to team with Accuracy wherever we can go and build a roster somewhere. And FaZe wasn't really giving us too many updates at the time. So I didn't really know what was going on with that. And then uh, New York was talking to us and we just got stuff working with them and we ended up in New York. That's awesome. I, I remember those uh, conversations I had with, you know, with Rohit and, and you know, the entire uh, Anbox crew. And they were very excited about having you come on board. You know, <laughs> they were very pumped about that. Uh, it was, he couldn't contain himself practically. Uh, so, and that's good. That's good. Right. You, you wanted to stick with, with accuracy and then you ended up with Zuma as well, which is, uh, which is a great thing, right? Cause you guys already have that chemistry and camaraderie with one another. Correct. Yeah. We were, we've been teaming together for what, like four plus years. Wow. We've won four championships, uh, a couple top places in the other tournaments, third at the Call of Duty world championship. Uh, a bunch of second places, a bunch of third places. So we've had a tons of top placings and then a couple wins, uh, a couple of big wins to uh, that's kind of our duo ship. Of course, of course. Now, switching focus to the league as a whole, uh, CDL, uh, the Call of Duty League, had announced some format changes. Now, really, the, the question I have here is I just want to know your thoughts on what was adjusted because we were going to go into a season that was more of a... Uh, traditional sports format, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like the uh, OWL, which had yeah. you travel to a city, play a game, you're done, and then you go on to the next city. Now we have a whole new format, which kind yeah. of 
harkens back to the times of competitive Call of Duty when I was hosting events with UMG and all you guys are going there competing. We're doing yeah. tournaments. We're running it back, you know, fun stuff yeah. like that. How do you feel about that change that has happened for the CDL? Do you feel like it's a positive or maybe even, you know, do you think that it's not a positive for you? Personally, for me, and I would probably say I'm speaking for most of the community right now, uh, I think it's a positive just because this is how Call of Duty has been for the past, what, 10 plus years. There's been local LAN events or just major LAN events as well. There's just always been a tournament format. And I think a tournament format, it just builds storylines throughout each every single event. And people are going to remember that time that team either just destroyed every team at the event. They had they barely lost the map or the time where a team lost in the first round and then they bounced back through loser's bracket and ended up winning the whole thing. So I think it's the best way to create storylines. And personally, with the um, the single league matches that we were going to be done, I just thought that wouldn't have been able you wouldn't have been able to build that much of a story and then that consistently throughout the year. Whereas now we have an event every single Every single time we go to a tournament, it's an event. And it's gonna be a lot of fun, a lot, a lot more intense than people would have thought or would would it would have been with a single league match uh way. So I'm excited it's this way now. Yeah, yeah. I, I personally I'm excited about it as well. You know, having been a little old school myself, I feel like that just kind of brings it back to yeah. the way it was. And hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Um exactly. now there with this in, in intense schedule is going to come intense travel. Uh, you guys have traveled in the past, right? I think events would happen every yeah. month or so, right? Or 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 maybe two events a month. I, I don't know, remember the exact yeah. format. But now you're going to be going pretty much every week until the season concludes. Um, and coming from an individual that has traveled, I would say, quite consistently throughout his career... Uh, are you prepared for that? Are you prepared for the mental toll that it is going to weigh on you with all of the traveling, being in a new hotel every single week, uh, you know, eating different food, not getting the same kind of comfort that you would have from your own home? How have you been uh, been preparing for that? Honestly, I'm not sure how prepared I am, but with traveling in the past a ton during uh advanced warfare in 2015 i remember we had like 15 tournaments we were flying to london multiple times paris multiple times and i was flying from california so it's a pretty long flight and just over the years of, of us traveling i've kind of learned how to travel what to pack how to condense what i'm packing the best spots to find food through some apps and so i've kind of prepared that way i'm honestly not sure how this new season is going to go because it is slightly more traveling and uh I think I'm prepared for it. I'm ready for it. I'm definitely ready for the flight miles to take some nice vacations in the off season, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> hey, take advantage of that. Okay. For any <laughs> CDL players that are listening right now, if you don't have yourself airline mileage points or, and hotel points, hotel yep. points is underrated. Okay. It is. It's it is. underrated. Hotel stays because of that. So definitely hotel and airline miles are clutch. Exactly. I, I actually learned that way too late into my career, uh, but it was Walshy. The, I will never give him credit for anything, but I would only give him credit for this. <laughs> he told me to set up a bunch of airline miles, and that has helped me quite a bit. Uh, now, <laughs> so there are a lot of folks in the community that are talking about two teams in particular, uh, the Dallas Empire and the Chicago Huntsman. Uh, some have even said that in the case of the Huntsman, they're forming a, you know, a god squad. 
and people feel like you know they're, they're the early front runners in the CDL, which you know from your perspective, uh, hearing and seeing all this stuff and people putting so much focus and emphasis on Dallas and Chicago. Uh, do you feel the same way that the community does about these two teams? I mean, when you look at the lineups, uh, they're just both very talented. Chicago obviously having scum, Flomar, City's Gunless, Envoy, just tons of top players. So at any given moment, they could definitely be one of the best teams in the game. And of course, with their following, it's always going to be boosted up because they're, without a doubt, the biggest team, have the most followers from being on the old optic to the Huntsman, transferred over. So whatever they do is going to be boosted by 10 times just because they, they have the biggest brands. And it's awesome to see that many loyal supporters support them. So I, I do think they're a very talented team. Um, but I probably have to give the edge out right now to the Dallas Empire because they've been playing incredible since the start of Modern Warfare. I know it's just online scrims and online tournaments, but I, that's all we have to go off of right now. So we can't really say who the best team was on land because we haven't, no no team has played on land yet. Yeah, yeah. So we're waiting for that, but um, we're actually the only team to beat Dallas Empire in a scrim map count, which was kind of surprising. And we did that like last week. So that kind of shows how good they've been from the start of this game until now. Do you think the subliners have the opportunity and the chance to be the top team in the league? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, with all of the smarts on our team, all the talent, it's we're at one point in the game, we will be the best team in the game. And hopefully we can be the best team in the game for multiple events, multiple months and uh, win a ton. And finally, uh, in, in closing, who are some of the squads that fans should be looking out for this year? I mean, obviously the subliners, without a doubt, a lot of talent on that team. But do you feel like folks are sleeping on some squads that could really turn some heads uh, at the start of the season? Or do you think that what we're seeing right now at the top with you know, a lot of these teams performing very well in the uh, online scrims and online tournaments, which you said, you know, isn't much, but it is something because we don't have anything at this moment. Do you yeah. feel uh, like there are any teams that could really shock the community when the CDL launches? Um, the teams I would say looking to shock the community would have to be the Minnesota Rocker. I think they're probably one of the most underrated teams. Like They're one of those teams that just puts in a ton of time, and uh, they've been playing really well. A lot of people don't really look at that team and say, wow, they're going to be a dominant team. But they've put the work in, and they've been playing really well against us, against other teams as well. So... I think Minnesota Rocker could be one of them. I also think that Florida team definitely has a lot of upset potential. There could be like kind of a dark horse because they have a couple of people that had a really solid season in Black Ops 4. But they've had people that have been super talented throughout multiple titles, and they've, they've still been playing well. So I would say the Minnesota Rocker and, uh, and Florida yeah. would be the two teams that are like the dark horses, I would say. And I could even throw us in there because there's been people that have said we're underrated as well. So you can kind of throw – our own the new york subliners in there as well because the other people have been looking at like the top three four ish teams and sometimes we're in there sometimes we're not so yeah. we just got to prove it hey i mean if there's one thing as a new yorker that i know about anything new york sports is that people always count us out and then out of nowhere eli manning wins a super bowl it's a good time <laughs> yeah, uh yeah. all right well attach thank you so much for your time my man i really appreciate it Nothing but the best for you. And uh, feel free to shout out uh, where, where people can find you and any closing remarks you have. 
Yeah, thank you once again for having me on the show. We, we killed this day. This is a great show. So everyone needs to definitely hit that like button, subscribe, follow, whatever, wherever this audio is going to be. Um, but yeah, I'm everywhere on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. All my stuff is just at attached. Uh, I've got to give a shout out to my team, my organization, Ambox, and which we're ready to get the season started and make some noise. All right. Well, thank you so much, Attach, for your time and best of luck in the season. And there you have it. Huge shout out to Attach and Anbox, as well as the New York Subliners, most importantly, uh, for allowing this to happen. And I'm really interested to see what happens to the Subliners when the Call of Duty League launches on January 24th, live from Minnesota, hosted by the Minnesota Rocker. It is going to be a, wait for the dad joke, rockin' good time. <laughs> I know make fun of me later that's it for the first ever episode of that esports podcast i do want to thank everyone for tuning in and if you lasted this long i hope you had a good time because i had a good time making this you can catch this podcast each and every week make sure you give us a follow on spotify you can also give me a follow on apple podcast when i do eventually manage to get it up on there as well as anchor fm and if you want to follow me on social media it is golden boy ftw on instagram twitter Twitch, and YouTube. And also make sure you follow the eSports Podcast on Twitter at That eSports Pod. Thank you so much once again for listening, and I'll see you next week. Let's just keep on gaming. Peace.